All right. Well, we are um, we are actually on the very end of a, of a series we've been on as we've been reading through Acts, and so I'm going to uh, take up now. We're going to go through chapters 20, 24 through 26, and just to jump you in, if you weren't here last week, what has just happened is um, that Paul has now been moved and he's taken to Herod. Uh, there was a plot by a certain group of the Jews in Jerusalem to kill him. They wanted him to be transported, and they were going to ambush him and murder him because they are very upset about his testimony about Jesus Christ and, uh, and their perspective that he is violating the law and therefore should not live. And uh, so there's an intervention, and now Paul has been brought to Herod. Um, and so he is now, um, it's five days later. So I'm going to just start here in Acts chapter 24. And we'll jump right in. Uh, it says, five days later, the high priest Ananias went down to Caesarea with some of the elders and a lawyer named uh, Tertullus. And they brought their charges against Paul before the governor. And when Paul was called in, Tertullus presented his case before Felix. We have enjoyed a long period of peace under you, and your foresight has brought about reforms in this nation. Everywhere and in every way, most excellent Felix... We acknowledge this with profound gratitude, but in order to not weary you further, I would request that you be kind enough to hear us briefly. We have found this man to be a troublemaker, stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He's a ringleader of the Nazarene sect, and he even tried to desecrate the temple, so we seized him. And by examining him yourself, you will be able to learn the truth about these charges that we're bringing against him. And the other Jews, they joined in the accusation, asserting that these things were true. When the governor motioned for him to speak, Paul replied, I know that for a number of years you've been a judge over this nation, so I gladly make my defense. You can easily verify that no more than 12 days ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. My accusers did not find me arguing with anyone at the temple or stirring up a crowd in the synagogues or anywhere else in the city, and they cannot prove to you the charges they're now making against me. However, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors as a follower of the way, which they call a sect. I believe everything that is in the accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets. And I have the same hope in God as these men themselves have. That there will be a resurrection of both the, both the righteous and the wicked. And so I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. I love this. <laughs> however, he says, however, I admit that I worship the God of our ancestors. How many of you guys admit that you worship Jesus Christ? Come on. He continues, after an absence of several years, I came to Jerusalem to bring my people gifts for the poor and to present offerings. I was ceremonially clean when they found me in the temple courts doing this. So Paul did not violate the Jewish customs of his people when he went in. He's going, this is nonsense that they're just making up. And he says, there was no crowd with me, nor was I involved in any disturbance, but there were some Jews, there are some Jews from the province of Asia who ought to be here before you and bring charges if they have anything against me. For these who are here should state what crime they found in me when I stood before the Sanhedrin. Unless it was this one thing I shouted as I stood in their presence. 
It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial before you today. He says, listen, this is what it's about. It is concerning the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial today. This is not a private revelation. This is not a private witness that Paul has. He is saying, listen, this is all about the reality that Christ Jesus has risen from the dead. And so therefore, every human being must reckon with that reality that God sent his son and showed that Jesus is the Christ because he died on our behalf and he rose again. And when he rose again, it went from private faith to public faith, from a a private situation to a public situation. Salvation only being for the Jews and having to become Jewish to now salvation is available for all. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. And he says, it's for that reason that I'm before you. So don't, don't think that it's because of this. Why I'm really here is because I am testifying as a witness that Jesus is the Christ. You guys, this is the same thing for us. In fact, here's an interesting thing that happens, okay? The reality of Christ rising from the dead is the beginning. Am I going too fast? Okay. Is the beginning of a new epic season for all of mankind. Do you remember Paul in Acts 17, 29 through 31? Do you remember that? Somebody quoted to me. I'm just kidding. I've got it written down. Paul said to the Athenians about this very thing. He said to them, therefore, since we are God's offspring... We should not think that the divine is being like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. He's talking to them about idols at the time, if you guys recall. And he says this, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead, speaking of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? There was a time where it was okay for us to be ignorant about following God. We could make up our own gods. We could make up our own laws. We could make up our own ideas. We could make up whatever we want. It's called lawlessness. And for a time, he was willing that we could be lawless. But now, Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And so, therefore, we are no longer allowed to remain ignorant and say, well, I'm just innocent. I'm just doing what I thought was right. No, Jesus Christ was risen from the dead, and he was seen by many witnesses. This is not a personal fact. This is not a personal belief. This is not a personal religion. This is the reality of the kingdom of heaven and all of creation. And we are witnesses, and Paul is a witness that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the only way to salvation. And at a certain point, we will answer to God for what we did with his stuff and this life that he gave us. Are you with me? So it's not just personal faith anymore, is it? No, Jesus Christ raised from the dead. He is the proof of the heartbeat and the future and eternal life that is offered to us the character of God, that somebody loved us while we were yet his enemies, we put him on the cross. But he rose again and said, would you like to live forever? And Paul says, it is because of this witness that I'm on trial. You guys, this is the same thing for us. We are carrying that message of hope for all mankind and a call to repentance. There's a heads up where we go, hey, listen, just so you know, you really can do 
whatever you want in this life. You really can. You can believe whatever you want. You could believe you're a tomato. That's fine. You really can because God has given you that gift. He doesn't coerce and he doesn't threaten. But I tell you this, Jesus Christ loves you. He came and lived the life that you and I couldn't live but should have. And he died the death that we deserve to die. And he rose again and now we can live the life he deserves to live forever with him. Because here's the good news. He's crazy about you. He loves you. He didn't do it because he's like, oh, I have to do this because otherwise they'll irritate me. He came and he's like, baby, I love you so much. And my father loves you so much. And Holy Spirit loves you so much. And you were made to live forever with me. And by the way, I am flipping awesome. And you look just like me. You are flipping awesome. Let's do this thing. Is there an obstacle? Oh, there's Satan. He hates you. He lies to you. You're deceived. You know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in and I'm going to let him kill me. And then you will be no longer guilty of every sin you've committed because I'm taking your guilt and there will be no shame, there will be no barrier, there will be no fear. You will be with me because my righteousness has become yours because I give it to you. And all that you need to do is believe that my father is as good as I'm showing that he is. And Paul said, is it is for this reason that that Jesus rose from the dead that I stand before this place right now. And you and I are carrying that same message. Amen? We are carrying, we are witnesses. Let's learn from Paul. Let's watch as he continues. Verse 24, or chapter 24, verse 22. Now, did I go too fast? Okay. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceedings. And when Lysias, the commander, comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. And he sent for Paul, and he listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul talked about Drusilla, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid, and he said, ah, that's enough for now. <laughs> Take it easy. Felix was a schemer. Like other historians that talk about Felix, he was not a great dude. So this was a big deal. He was under the conviction as Paul's talking about, I love it, right? As Paul is talking about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now. Saints, when you and I talk about self-control and righteousness and the judgment to come, first of all, preach it to yourself, okay? Whatever it is you got hiding in your basement that you keep feeding, don't let it come out and eat your family, Repent, turn away from it, be strong, exercise righteousness and self-control so we can walk in freedom, amen? Because there is actually a judgment to come. Are you with me? And the only reason why we can stand before the Lord is because Jesus Christ has made us the righteousness of God, so it's through mercy that we're able to be obedient. Are you with me? But when we share with the world, those that are just cruising along on Pleasure Island doing whatever they want, Right? I'm a tomato. I'm a tomato. I believe I'm a tomato. Fine. But here's the thing. 
You are actually made in the image of God. You are so much more valuable than a tomato. You are either a son or a daughter of God, and he loves you, and he wants you to live forever, showing his attributes and how he created you to be his beloved daughter or his beloved son forever to demonstrate the glory and goodness of God, always enjoying him. And he chose you to be who you are, and he made you as you are. And you don't get to decide whether or not you're a tomato. Are you with me? Well, when we start sharing that, it's scary for those of us that want to be a tomato, that want to decide what it is that we're going to do in this life, what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad, what is selfish, what is selfless. Guys, that's called lawlessness. And as we share this, there will be those that become afraid and say, you know what, that's enough for now. And there's no reason for us to become angry or self-righteous or anything, anything other than just like what Paul is doing. We just continue to be witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? We're not the judge, by the way. Here's the good news, guys. There is some things that you judge. Do you know who you judge? You. Do it now before he does. All right. Are you guys having fun? All right, here we go. Da, 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 da. He was afraid. He said, that's enough for now. You may leave. <laughs> when I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was also hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe. So he sent for him frequently, and he talked with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus. But because Felix wanted to grant a favor to the Jews, he left Paul in prison. Did you hear that little phrase there? When two years had passed, you guys remember that the word to Paul is that as you have gone to the Jews with the gospel, you will also go to the Gentiles and you will go to Rome and be my witness. That's the word that Paul is operating on. Now, the circumstances uh, that we just dropped through... Two years into this. So Paul is like, sweet, going to Rome. I'm going to be with you, God says. So he's cruising along. And next thing you know, now he's in jail. He's being held. He's getting popped from leader to leader to leader, situation to situation, assassination attempt. And then you just sit and languish in house arrest for two years. You guys. Oh, it's like COVID. <laughs> God's timing is not our timing. I want you to catch this. God's timing is not our timing. You might be on, in house arrest right now in your situation. You have a word of the Lord, and now all of a sudden there's this gap, and it's like, what is happening, Lord? Am I, as, what's, what's going on? You, you gave this promise, you guys, like I told you last week, and I'll tell you again this week. The word of the Lord will come to pass. But there's another scripture where it says, and though it tarry, it will not tarry. Now you're just messing with me, Lord. What does that mean? Though it tarry, it will not tarry. He's saying, listen, I got this. Trust me, my plan didn't change. You will be a witness, Paul, in Rome as you have been. He didn't tell him how long it would take. But I know this. There's a promise that says God works all things. Say all things. All things for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purposes. You guys, we love him. Amen. Are you here because you love him? If you mean it, say it. Yeah, I know, right? We just sang to him. We love him. And we are called according to his purposes in Christ Jesus. So let's trust him with the timing. 
I don't know where you're at right now, but you know where you're at right now. And I guarantee there's a few of us right now that are going, I thought this was going to happen in like two days. And then it was two months. And maybe you're at two years. My wife, when she was pregnant for the first time, she was very pregnant. She's so cute, pregnant lady. Good night. Just wears it right out front. Just, oh, I kind of miss those days. But we'll go to Grandy's when the, Lord, when the Lord's timing comes. But here's the deal. She's like pregnant, pregnant, and she's due in like eight days or something. I don't know. Oh, no, it was a few weeks. And, um, and there's this sweetheart of a guy who's now with the Lord, and he was talking with her, and, and uh, she goes, yeah, I am pretty miserable at this point. And, you know, she goes, toy. And, uh, and he goes, well, you know, and the reality is, Karen, sometimes the babies come late. I mean, it could be two more weeks late than that. And she just bursts into tears like, ah. And then uh, what was it? We... We were a little early, weren't we? Yeah, because she's Karen, so she just prayed it in. Mercy just, just prayed it in. What's my point? You might be in that place where you're like, man, this is my due date. Like, this baby is supposed to happen, but it is the word of the Lord and the timing of the Lord that you're trusting in. We're not guaranteed. So whether it's early or whether it's late, God really will be on time. And you and I, our, our mission doesn't change. We are called to be witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, whether you're waiting or whether you're in the middle of a big win, whether you're pining and and you can't see any, any evidence of it yet or not, the word will come to pass and you are to continue to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? There's a scripture that says that we are in no way anxious, which is a sign of perdition for our enemy, but salvation for us. In all things, in no way anxious. Why? Because we are witnesses of the resurrection and the word will come to pass. And that's all we need to know. Can you receive that? And Paul's living this out while he's hanging out for two years. Sheesh. Acts 25, three days after arriving in the province, Festus went up. (laughs) This is two years and three days. After arriving in the province, Festus went up from Caesarea to Jerusalem, where the chief priests and the Jewish leaders appeared before him, and they presented the charges against Paul. And they requested Festus as a favor to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem. Growing up in Cedarville, we had this friend, his name was Frank, and he had a little dog named Festus. And every time I read it, I can just see that little dog. It was one of those little, had little dog issues. Anyway, I just, that's really important for the story, not at all. They requested Festus as a favor to them to have Paul transferred to Jerusalem, for they were preparing an ambush to kill him along the way. So now the same group of Jews is trying the exact same move that they tried two years ago. So they requested as a favor to them to have him transferred so they could ambush him. And Festus answered, Paul's being held at Caesarea, and I myself am going there soon. Let some of your leaders come with me, and if the man's done anything wrong... They can press charges against him there. After spending eight or ten days with them, Festus went down to Caesarea. The next day he convened the court and he ordered that Paul be brought before him. And when Paul came in, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him and they brought many serious charges against him, but they could not prove them. And then Paul made his defense. I have done nothing wrong against the Jewish law or against the temple or against Caesar. And Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, said to Paul, Are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges? And Paul answered, 
I am now standing before Caesar's court where I ought to be tried. I have not done anything wrong to the Jews, as you yourself know very well. If, however, I am guilty of doing anything deserving death, I don't refuse to die. Man, that is bold words, isn't it? I love Paul. Come on. But if the charge is brought against me by these Jewish, by these, uh, I'm sorry, by these Jews are not true, no one has the right to hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. And after Festus had conferred with his counsel, he declared, you have appealed to Caesar, and to Caesar you will go. I want to point this out. What did God say to Paul? Where is he going? He's going to Rome. So when he gets this other side hustle going on, he knows, I'm not taking the side hustle. I have a word of the Lord. I'm going to Rome. I appealed to Caesar to go to Rome, and I'm going to Rome. And it doesn't matter if the, if the circumstances change. It doesn't matter if you got some side hustle going on or something might seem like it's easier or it might shorten the time. How many of you guys have ever been tempted to try to shorten the time of where you are? You don't have to raise your hand. If you draw breath, you've done it, right? No, Paul knows what the word of the Lord is. And so what is he doing? He's partnering with God in obedience to the word of the Lord. You guys, the word of the Lord will come to pass, but you and I have agency in this, don't we? We have an act of will. It takes will to decide to follow the Lord and become a witness, and it takes will to continue to be a witness. And so Paul hears that word. He's still meditating on that word, and he continues to go towards that word. Amen? We got to do the same. Chapter 25. A few days later, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea to pay their respects to Festus. And since they were spending many days there, man, doesn't this kind of give you the picture of like just the aristocracy, just like, hmm, I'm rather bored today. What are you doing, Festus? Well, I don't know. You brought Bernice over. Let's go and see what's going on. Meanwhile, Paul's in prison. All right, maybe you don't see that picture. It's fine. Lord, I just pray you give these guys an imagination. All right. He said, there's a man here whom Felix left as prisoner. And when I went to Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him, and they asked that he be condemned. I told them it is not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they've faced their accusers and have had an opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. When they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but I convened the court and the next day and ordered the man to be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they didn't charge him with any crimes I had expected. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead guy named Jesus who Paul claimed was alive. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters. So I asked if he would be, if it, if, if he would be, willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held over for the emperor's decision, then I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. And then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear this man myself. And he replied, well, tomorrow you shall. And then they drank tea. The next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp. <laughs> I just had to, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> You know, I just watched a Jane Austen movie with Karen recently. That's what this is. So I'm just like, oh, say, my good man. Okay. <laughs> the next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officers and the prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. And Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man. The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem and here in Caesarea, shouting that he ought not to live any longer. I found he had nothing deserving of death. But because he has made his appeal to, em to the emperor, 
I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing definite to write to his majesty about him. And therefore, I've brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it's unreasonable to send a prisoner on to Rome without specifying the charges against him. Acts 26. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. And so Paul motioned with his hand and he began his defense. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews. And especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. And therefore I beg you, listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child. From the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They've known me for a long time and they can testify, if they're willing, that I conformed to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it's because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. Beloved, it is because of your hope in Jesus Christ that you face trials today. You are facing trials today because we have a hope in a resurrected king. And there is an enemy in this world who knows his time is short. And he's coming after your joy, and he's coming after your loved ones, and he's coming after your conscience, and he's coming after your energy. But it is because of your hope in Christ Jesus. And here's the good news. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Do you receive that? So he continues. He says this. Now it is because of that hope. And he says, this is the promise our 12 tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Look at how kind Paul is being. He's in the midst of facing his accusers, but he's not, he's not being rude to them. He's like, these people are blah, blah, blah. No, he's saying, listen, these guys have the same zeal that I myself had. They just don't yet know Jesus is the Christ. Guys, let's take a note from that. What are we supposed to do with our enemies in this world? What was that? Come on, Lee yelled it right out. That's what I'm talking about. Love them. Pray for those who spitefully use you. There's never a time when we get to be jerk faces to people just because they're being jerk faces to us. The world already does that. And Paul's demonstrating that for us. As his accusers are there, he's saying, listen, these guys are actually coming at me for the same reason I came after Jesus and his followers because they're trying to see the will of God on earth. He's given them honor in the midst of defending himself. You and I are called to do the exact same thing. Amen? Can you receive that? All right. And then he says, King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? They're like, you're saying that, that this man was raised from the dead, therefore you should be killed. That's heresy. But Paul is saying, look, God raised him from the dead. Paul continues, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of of Jesus of Nazareth. So he's saying, I get what these guys are doing. I was actually the ninja, like valedictorian of doing this. And that's just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Do you guys see this? Paul killed people of the way. 
I just think about the gratitude and the willingness of what Paul's willing to do to be a witness for God. And I got to tell you what, that's how I feel. I, you, you guys get to see me looking a whole lot more like Jesus than getting to see me looking a whole lot more like just Josh. I am grateful to be born again, not because I'm a great guy, but because he's a great God. Are you with me? <laughs> the Lord and nobody trusted me with the pulpit for a long time. I'm just saying I'm, I, it's with gratitude that I get to serve by looking at the scriptures with you. And, and, and this is what Paul's doing. He, he knows where he came from, right? Jesus said, who loves me more, him that was forgiven little or him that was forgiven much? Well, I got to tell you, I've been forgiven much. I don't know about you. So he continues with his story. He says, on one of these journeys, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. And on one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests about noon, King Agrippa. As I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. And we all fell to the ground, and I, I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And then I asked, who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And the Lord replied, now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Did you catch this, Paul? I am rescuing you from persecuting me, and I have called you to be a witness of me, and you will go to these people, and I will protect you so that you can be a witness to them so that they, listen to this, so that they, I'm sending you. I want you to receive this, okay? You're Paul. Stand up, Pauls. Stand up. Seriously, stand up, all of you. I'm going to just speak this over you. This is, this is what the Lord's commission to, uh, is to us as witnesses. Listen to this. This is incredible. I am sending you, says the Lord. This is Jesus. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Christ Jesus says to you, I am sending you. I am sending you. <clears throat> that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Lord Jesus, we receive that commission right now. And if that's you, just say, I receive it. Amen. You can sit back down and we'll, we're just about to wrap up here. So then King Agrippa wasn't disobedient to the vision from heaven, Paul says. First to those in Damascus and then those in Jerusalem and all Judea and then to the Gentiles. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. I love that. I told him, you guys should repent and turn to the Lord and then your life should start looking like 
that you repented and turned to the Lord. How many of us need to receive that, huh? Check out our, our, uh, our television history, right? Check out our spending habits a little bit maybe. Or our favorite hobbies that we spend way more time on. Okay, I've, I've gotten off track. Lord, let our deeds match our desires in you, Jesus. Amen? How about that? That was kind. Paul would have said that. All right, so he's doing his thing. And he says, uh, repent and turn. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. Did you catch this? I love that. Doesn't matter who it is. Doesn't matter what the circumstance it is. Paul understands I am a witness and I am going to follow the word of the Lord. I'm going to Rome. Doesn't matter if it's small or great. I am going to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus. I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. That the Messiah would suffer. And as the first to rise from the dead would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. And at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul. He shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. You are a conspiracy theorist. I'm not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king's familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I'm convinced that none of this has escaped his notice because it wasn't done in a corner, King Agrippa. Do you believe the prophets? I know you do. And then Agrippa said to Paul, do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? <laughs> I love it. And Paul says... I love this. You can see Paul smiling, right? He says, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am. And I'm sure he kind of held up the chains, right? He goes, well, except for these chains. <laughs> and the king rose, and with him, the governor and Bernice and those sitting with him. And after they left the room, they began saying to one another, this man isn't doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Wow, he's still, he's holding on to the word of the Lord. Guys, I don't know what you're facing right now. I don't know what kind of easy way out there is. Maybe you're in a hard marriage and you're like, it'd just be easier to leave. But the Lord gave you a word. I will turn this around and your marriage will become everything that I designed it and desire it to be. I don't know if you're in a work situation, you're just ready to quit. And you're like, this is garbage. God said I was going to be blessed and favored. But since that day, everything is horrible. Stick with the word of the Lord. Because he will bring it to pass. And you are there as a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that manifests that people would be saved. It manifests that people would be blessed. It manifests that there would be profitability and a community of the kingdom wherever you have influence. Amen? But you need to stay in place. Don't take the bait and get out of the place where God has called you to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, it's easy, I think, for us... And especially in this world, because we live in a world that is so self-obsessed. You know, it's just, it's like there's a million justifications to essentially just be happy, you know, live your truth, live your truth, right? Not live truth, live your truth, which means whatever makes you happy, which means path of least re resistance. This world is shifty and shadowy, and the spirit of Satan runs around trying to deceive everyone that he can because he doesn't want you to live forever. He hates you. But you and I are called to be witnesses, even as we see Paul do, witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, no matter what comes at us. I want to end with a, a short story. You guys are probably familiar 
with the story about Desmond Doss and Hacksaw Ridge. During World War II, Desmond Doss is a Seventh-day Adventist, and Seventh-day Adventists are conscientious objectors. They are pacifists. They will not take up arms and kill other people, even in a time of war. There's a, they have a, con, a conscientious objection, believing that the manifestation of the teachings of Christ is that they cannot kill, even in a just war. But that doesn't mean that they cannot engage to help fight the war. They just themselves cannot take up weapons, nor fight on the Sabbath. So Desmond Doss joins the army out of a conviction to follow the Lord, to be a part of this war against tyranny. And as he joins the army, one of his officers, um, Officer Jack Glover, kept trying to get him transferred because he's saying, you know what? You are an absolute disgrace that you wouldn't take up a weapon and defend your country. And he said, sir, I am here to fight this war, but I cannot take a weapon. Now I will be on the medical team. And I will help the wounded as you guys fight the war. So you serve God in your way and I will serve God in mine. But I can't change my convictions just because the circumstances have changed. And it, it was a terrible situation. They, they hazed him like crazy and eventually they just started beating him all the time. He was just getting, he's just getting beat up by his own fellow workers because he refuses to carry a weapon. And they're saying, you wouldn't defend us. And at one point, in fact, he even says... Um, don't ever doubt my courage because I will be right by your side saving life while you take life. And, the, and Jack Glover, Captain Jack Glover, who was of his team, he says to him, you're not going to be by my damn side if you don't have a gun, end quote. What ended up happening was on Hacksaw Ridge, they had to take high ground. They had to climb up essentially a sheer face of a rock with caves. And the Japanese were above them, the opposing um, country at that time, they had all the advantage, and they're firing down upon them, and they're just getting absolutely slaughtered. And so many of them were wounded. And in all of this, Desmond Doss continues to go and care for the wounded. And every time you raise your head up in there, people are getting picked off, they're wounded all over, and all he can hear is the cries of all of his fellow men who hate him and have treated him like garbage all of this time. And in this battle, they're now wounded, and they're calling out, and they're expecting to die. And the other medics aren't wanting to go. They're like, because it's a suicide mission. But Desmond's witness and call has not changed just because of the circumstance of an impossible situation. He's there to save life, and it doesn't matter that he may lose his life to do it. It doesn't change who he's doing. And he climbs up, and each time before he goes, as he hears the men calling out, he prays to God. This is a true story. He prays to God, God, let me rescue one. And he rescues one. And not only does he have to drag them to the edge... But then he had to rig up ropes so that he could lower them down off the cliff, down to the bottom so they could be rescued. And as he finishes one, he thinks, okay, I have enough strength. And he says, please, God, let me rescue one more. And he goes and he finds another one. And he gets him down and he thinks, okay, but I can't leave yet. So he says, God, please, let me rescue one more. And Desmond prays that prayer 75 times. And in 12 hours, he rescues 75 wounded men, which is impossible without God. And one of those that he rescued was Captain Jack Glover, who had told him, you won't be by my side unless you have a gun. Just because Jack thought one thing, just because everyone around them thought one thing, it didn't change the conviction or the call of the witness of Desmond Doss of who he was there to serve, Jesus Christ, the resurrected God. And you guys, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do know this. 
You are called to be a witness of Jesus Christ, and he was raised from the dead, and he has anointed you to be a witness, and he has called that your life will be in line with him until he comes. And in that time, let us pray in whatever area that we are, God, let me be faithful, and let me be a witness, and God, please, please, let me rescue one more. Amen? May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he cause his face to shine upon you and lift up his countenance upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you shalom. And as you walk about in this place where you are called to be a witness, may you shine like the stars. May you show the glory and the goodness and the kindness and the patience and the generosity and the words of Christ where you have been called. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need more prayer, the, uh, the elders and the prayer team are coming to the front. We want to pray with you and agree with where you've been called that you would be fruitful. God bless you guys. Happy Sunday.